0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful fall day. I hope that you have been enjoying the various colors on the hillsides around here. It's starting to look quite beautiful, but it is a foreboding of what will come, so enjoy it while you can, all right? Uh, In addition, last week we asked if you have hats mittens or scarves that you would bring for the blessing box and there is a box in the entryway for you to bring those and leave them that they may be given to people who will have need during the colder weather so the blessing box is down in the entryway for hats mittens and scarves so if you have any or wish to purchase one for someone to use this winter That would be a very nice gesture and a good gift. How about other joys or concerns or announcements that you'd like to share this morning? This was the diaper distribution day. Eighteen different families. That's marvelous. What a what a very nice gesture of care for your community. So it's a wonderful way to reach out to people. Very good. Yes, Barbara. Oh, I saw that this week. Down in the hallway, there's a beautiful fall bulletin board down there. Uh, If you have just a moment before you rush out the front door, walk down the hallway for a few steps. and uh, It's quite lovely. Very nicely done. Well, welcome to worship this morning on the last Sunday of September. It's hard to believe that that's already here, but I'm glad that we are together in worship this morning. Let us uh, join together with the chorus, Thy Word. Be seated and let us turn together now to our call to worship followed by our prayer of invocation come let us bless the Lord for our God is very great God is clothed with honor and majesty
1: God has stretched out the heavens like a tent and has set the earth on its foundation so it will never be shaken.
0: God made the springs gush forth and they give drink to every beast and the whole earth is satisfied with the fruit of God's handiwork.
1: The works of the Lord are many and they fill the earth with goodness. All things look to God for God gives them their food in due season
0: we will sing to the Lord as long as we live for praise belongs to God and we rejoice in the Lord let us with one voice bless and praise God let us pray together Lord when we focus on what we don't have or compare our lot with those who have we discover that we have not appreciated the many gifts we do have. Forgive us for looking at stuff and not seeing the wonderful gift of your grace and love. With the writer of the Psalms, may we grow to appreciate that which truly matters. This is a time to stop, to consider the beauty and bounty of your creation and to be grateful that we live in a place where we can be free to embrace the good gifts of life, for friends and family, for a caring community of faith, for the opportunity to experience the love and concern of others, and to share that same love and concern with those in need. Help us to keep at the heart of our daily walk the truth that we belong to Christ, and Christ is with us. In In Jesus' Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. We continue to follow the lectionary readings from the letter of Paul to the church at Philippi, and then later in the service, again, another reading from the gospel according to Matthew. You always want to keep in mind that Paul was an itinerant preacher. He did his very best to travel throughout the area to encourage Christians to remain steadfast in the faith, which was not an easy thing to do in Paul's time because Christians were not always well received, especially in the face of so many of the alternate religions that were available to people. But if the Christian community was to somehow survive in the midst of all of that, they had to have a very clear identity and a very clear purpose. And they had to hold fast to that, not to forsake it for the sake of convenience or from the pressures of whatever religious traditions were around them. So Paul writes these words to that church, and I think they are timely words that we should hear in our own time. For they are indeed timeless therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like minded having the same love being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, in the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus has talked about the I am statements, like I am the bread of life. But one of the things he says most clearly is I am the light of the world. And we are called to be a people of the light. But I brought um, something with me today that's supposed to help us when they're in the dark. Do you ever get scared in the dark? Oh, I did when I was a young kid. Oh, I always wanted to turn the light on because I didn't know what was in the dark. So I wanted to turn that light on. But in order for this light to work, you have to have certain things. For example, in here are two batteries. And in there is a light bulb. But it doesn't work. I just turned it on and there's nothing. Well, I know why there's nothing, because you have to make sure that everything in here is connected. The batteries have to touch each other, the batteries have to touch the light bulb in order for the light to go on. And I thought about that when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and then he encourages us to be light givers. We have to be connected to Jesus if our lives are going to be the light that Jesus wants them to be. Just like this flashlight won't work unless everything is connected. So we don't become the light like Jesus wants us to be unless we're connected to Jesus. So I hope that as you grow up, you will stay connected to Jesus because your life will be a light in the darkness of the world. That's the way Jesus works in us and through us. So stay connected to Jesus because your light will shine brightly in the world. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we are grateful that Jesus reminds us that it is important to be a light in the darkness. It is important for us to remember that as Jesus cares for and invites the children to come to him he does so because he knows they can be a light in the darkness so we pray that you will bless the children of this church that as they grow in their faith they may grow in their understanding and in their relationship with jesus that their lives may always be a reflection of the light of christ this blessing we pray in jesus name amen We do have some concerns that we want to share this morning before we enter into the pastoral prayer. Um, We are being asked to remember uh, a woman named Irma uh, who fell and broke her hip in four places and is now in the hospital uh, waiting for recovery. Um, A prayer for those who are in authority, people who make decisions of how our lives are going to unfold. Continuing prayers for people who are in nursing homes. Uh, They continue to be a very great concern as we try to cope with the virus that is in our midst. A prayer for a son-in-law named Ryan who is suffering now with severe back pain. And then prayers for uh, these people, John Martin, uh, Steve Behe, and all those who are dealing with medical issues during this critical time. Are there others that any of you would like to share this morning? Yes. Good, thank you.
1: Carl, I have another one back here. Uh, those of you that remember Miranda Hunter, who was with our choir for some time, and Ellie and, and Liam, uh, Miranda's father in law, Bill's father, passed away this weekend.
0: It's a good reminder when we uh, kind of spend some time together on present concerns, concerns, simply to remember that we live in a world where all of us know someone who is suffering from either an illness, uh, uh, physical or emotional, or for any other number of reasons. And it is good to remind us that uh, we are a people who believe in prayer, as well as reaching out to be helpful in whatever way God guides us. So let us be in prayer. In the midst of the routines of each of our days, Lord, sometimes it's difficult to stop long enough to remember that all of us have family or friends who are in need of compassion, of care, of an expression of love. So it is that we spend this time together as your people, as a community of faith, that we may find ourselves led by your spirit to reach out in word and in deed to those whom we know who are in suffering or pain. We give you thanks, Lord, that you have reached out to us in our times of need, either by the indwelling of your spirit or by a kind word or deed from someone who knows us. So keep us always mindful that you have called us to be a community of compassion and care. And so as we think of those who have been mentioned by name, or those concerns about the world in which we live, help us always to be ready to follow the leading of your spirit, that somehow by working in us and through us, we will make a difference for persons and for concerns of this world. We are mindful this morning that every time we gather as a community of faith, we do so in the name and in the spirit of Jesus Christ. And so as we look to him, help us to understand why we have been called to go into the world as his disciples, that we may find the encouragement, the strength and the perseverance to be his people wherever he leads or wherever we are placed. We know, O God, that we live in a troubled world. We are mindful that people are in positions of power and authority who sometimes do not understand what it means to be a servant. And yet, Jesus reminds us again and again that he came not to be served, but to serve. And that he calls all of us to be humble enough to make ourselves available to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we ask that blessing for us today, that even as we remember the names of people and the concerns of the world, we will also know that you have called us to make a difference. We pray this in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Him is Holy Spirit, Light Divine. the gospel according to Matthew it is again a parable of the man who planted a vineyard and put some caretakers in charge of that vineyard but one reads these parables one has to understand that those who first heard them were thinking not so much of the parable of the vineyard as its deeper meaning in terms of how God is at work in our world so Jesus says listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. And he rented the vineyard to some farriers, some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants, they beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. And Jesus said to them, have you never read the scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and will be given to people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who f- falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone whom it falls on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that Jesus was a prophet. This too is the word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we look at your word, we are reminded that when all things began, the earth was filled with nothing but void and you began to pull it together in such a way that it could produce the fruit which we appreciate even today. And you formed out of the void, the darkness which you called night and the light which you called day. And so it is we live in a world where there is light and darkness. Therefore, it is no surprise to us that men loved darkness rather than light. For like the tenants of this vineyard, we have done nothing to enhance the world that you have given us, unless we do it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So by the dwelling of your Holy Spirit, speak your word to us in this day. For we pray it in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, do you remember when you were a child and you were afraid of the dark? I remember one night hearing a horrible sound after we had all gone to bed. There were six of us kids and mom and dad, and I thought certainly there was a lion loosed in the hallway outside my door. I was so scared that I laid there in bed thinking, how could a lion get in my house? But it sounds like a lion is out in my hallway. The more I lay there and thought about it, the more I began to realize it was my father snoring. <laughs> but I was scared <coughs> to death. Being the oldest of six children, I had the privilege of being the first one to go by myself to the movies. And when I would go to the movies, it would be daytime. And then by the time the movie was over, it would be nighttime. Now, I was one of those kids who always loved to go to a werewolf movie or a vampire movie. In my little town, streetlights were not noted for the illumination they cast at night. So I would always run from the movie theater all the way to the road that led down to my house but on that corner there was one light bulb and at the very end of that street was another bulb. After that there was nothing except a road that ran down into a gully that was surrounded by huge old trees and nothing but underbrush and then up the hill to where my house stood. How fast can you run? (laughs) I can tell you That I was very fast. But the thing that I remember most was being so scared that there would be a vampire or a werewolf in that place down at the lower end of that little run. I would run up, run in the house, run into my brother's bedroom, be sure that he was on the outside of the bed so I could be next to the wall in case a vampire or a woolwurf did come into my house in the morning my brother would say well what are you doing in my bed I never had the nerve to tell him. I always thought if it comes it'll get him and not me (laughs) being afraid of the dark is a human experience you ever gone down into a basement where there is no light and talked to yourself on the way down? It's kind of a way of assuring yourself that you're not alone, even though it's only you. But just the sound of one's voice sometimes is enough to make you feel safe. Well, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he was very aware we do live with darkness around us all the time. He also is aware that there are forces at play in our world in every generation about which we should be frightened and not complacent. This time is our time in the world and we still live with darkness around us in many ways. When Jesus told this parable, he was aware that he was having a running dialogue with the Pharisees and the Sadducees of his day. Now many of you will like to think that when Jesus was encountered by the Pharisees that they were somehow lurking around the corner waiting to see what he would do. But the reality of it is that every time Jesus went into Jerusalem, the first place he went would be to the temple. He would go there because of his own spiritual need and his need to be in dialogue with the powers of his day. And he would engage the Pharisees in conversation almost every time he was in the city of Jerusalem. There are some folks who believe that Jesus himself may have been a part of the Pharisaic community. There are some things in scripture that would remind us that maybe that might be the case. For example, remember the woman with the issue of blood? You know, the Pharisees were criticized because they liked to walk around in the community feeling and looking important. They had on the clothes and they had on the right look and they had the f- thread purple woven through the hems of their garments. Purple was a royal color, a royal a color of status in Jesus' day. So when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, the scripture tells us, she touched him on the hem of his garment. Why the hem? Because there too was woven the thread, a symbol of status and authority. But Jesus never took that to heart. He never felt better than others. He never felt superior to the community around him. All we have to do is read the gospel to know how many times Jesus encountered the dispossessed of his day as a person who had a right to power authority and leadership. When Jesus said to us, I am in your midst not to be served, but to serve, he made it very clear how God wants to interface with us. Not lording it over us, not condemning us, not pointing fingers at us, but Welcoming us with extended arms and hands, saying, Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. The world cannot give that to you. So, when Jesus tells this parable, the people who hear it know very well what he's talking about. We have to be careful, friends, that we don't let the powers of this world determine how we live and act. As the people of Jesus Christ the Pharisees were so intent on maintaining the traditions which they had built up over generations that they could not see that the scripture reminds us God is always doing a new thing are we open to the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can at least be aware that God is doing this new thing You think creation is done? You think it's all over? God is still at work in this world and God is still trying to work the the redemptive power of grace and love in the lives of people around us every day. God is not done with creation and God is not done with you and with me. So when Jesus tells this parable It is clearly understood that the powers of his day, even the religious powers of his day, are missing it. They're not understanding the depth of what God is about and what God is trying to accomplish. Our danger today is that we become so enmeshed in a religious tradition that we do not remain open to the working of the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us every day if we are willing to listen And what is it that God is trying to say to us? Well, Jesus made it very clear in his life and in his ministry. Those who came after him, the Apostle Paul, and every one of those disciples whom he recruited and trained and sent into the world, tried to make it clear. Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi because he knows That if we want to be light in the world, it requires us to live in this world in a certain way. To reflect the life and ministry of Jesus Christ in so far as it is possible for each of us to do that. Not relying on our own strength, our own authority, our own ability to make decisions, but opening ourselves as servants to hear what God may be saying to us. So many times we fall back on tradition when we ought to be looking to the new thing that God is doing. Light always leads us into light, not into darkness. And so when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, he was encouraging those Christians in that small community to be a light in the darkness. And he talked about love, he talked about compassion, he talked about humility, he talked about being servants. How many of us in this world know people who love to be served? When Jesus said, I am among you as a servant, he made it very clear that he opens himself to the possibilities that God has in front of him. I don't think sometimes we realize how radical the life and ministry of Jesus was. The Pharisees never would have stopped for a Samaritan on the side of the road. The religious traditions of his day would have done everything they could to avoid being contaminated by people who were considered less important than they were. The Pharisees never would have stopped in a cemetery to see a man who was considered crazy chained to a tombstone and on and on it goes Jesus time after time after time trying to illustrate what real servanthood is making ourselves available as a light in the darkness I'm not sure the darkness of my childhood was just based on my own fears but The darkness of the world that is out there now is a reality. I have to be aware of it. Only because I know that Christ has called me and called all of us to be a light in the darkness. Sometimes it's the darkness of traditions that get in the way of actually responding to human need. Sometimes it's worrying about money when we ought to be more concerned about how people are impacted, affected, by the circumstances of their daily lives. Money is only paper, friends, but the spirit of the living God is a reality that we have to deal with all the time. Our danger is that we cannot become like those farmers who took the vineyard and felt comfort in having the vineyard and not seeing that the purpose of the vineyard is to provide fruit for the world, and fruit for the one who owns the vineyard. May each of us understand that we are to be a people of the light. You will have opportunities, as I will this next week, to be light in the darkness. Every one of us does. May we be sensitive enough to know that Jesus is saying to us, be compassionate, be loving, be humble, be caring. Don't turn your back, don't be afraid of the darkness, but be a light in the face of that darkness so that the darkness can be pushed away and the light can become real in the world where we live. We are a people of the light. Jesus, as audacious as it sounded, do you, remember, do you think about a minute? How did people feel when Jesus said, I am the bread of life? I am the light of the world. The Pharisees certainly weren't thinking in those lines. It must have been a surprise to the folks who heard it. But we know the power of light. We do know that. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Let's make Jesus Christ the light of our daily walk so that we will be a people. the light. Would you pray with me? We live in a world where we need to look to the life and ministry of Jesus ever more. For in him we see that which can truly transform and bring new life to the world and to those around us. We do it Lord not by being overly preachy or demanding, but by making ourselves available as those who live this light day by day, that as others see it, they may truly want to be embraced by that same light. So we pray that you will continue to be at work in us and through us, that our light will shine in the darkness. We pray it in the name of Christ. Amen. Let us join together in our closing hymn. Leaning on the everlasting arms.